Talking Giants presented by DraftKings. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick, And we got ourselves a Giants-Rams preview. A lot of people are rolling over and dying for this game, you know? Like, I'm kind of disappointed in the fan base. I know we're down, but I feel like people are wanting us to quit. They're wanting us to pull an Eagles Week 17 right now. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not rolling over and dying, you know? I understand the reality of the situation, but, like, what? Should we be rolling over and dying? It's the Rams, like, I get the Rams are really good, but should we be, like, totally petrified by the Rams who are, you know, 8th in scoring offense this year and, you know, like like 15th in scoring defense and give up a ton of yards? Like, should we be petrified of this Rams team? I get they're good, but, man, people are just rolling over and dying. Hey, Bobby. Um, I can understand it, especially from the standpoint where I feel like because we – hop in front of a microphone and we talk about this team three times a week and, you know, we do so much other supplemental stuff on the YouTube that I understand that, you know, we need to have the mentality of, like, let's go, let's kind of get a little bit excited for it. But, you know, I, I could totally understand the mentality of totally being withdrawn from this from this football team. Um, It, it is very good, though. I'm very, people very glad. the team to quit, though. Well, well, what people want the team to do or, and what, that like, we could root for all that what we want what, what we want the team to do, but that has like no impact, no matter how much that we try. Uh, I'm very glad that Daniel Jones is playing. I mean, let's just we'll we'll start off with that. It looks like he's playing. It looks like he's playing. You know, they suited up Andrew Thomas last week and he didn't play. Um, but it looks like he's like Daniel Jones is on track to play because a concussion is different than like an ankle injury, and you know, uh, there's doctors that are outside of the Giants facility that also have to clear Daniel Jones, which it's been nice to learn a little bit more about the concussion protocols this week and how that process is actually done. So I'm glad that he's going to be playing because that's good for my fandom where it's like, yeah, a guy that I like and a guy that gives us a good chance to win. He's playing even though we probably won't win. All right. But before we get into all that, this episode was brought to you by our 300 second, our 300 first, and our 300th Patreon. Wow. How about that? We hit 300. Thank you, Patreons. By, by Daryl W., who is a Florida man. He lives in Orlando. So yeah. if, you, if you know a Daryl in Orlando, you may know this guy. We got Mike Davey, um, Davey Crockett, and Christian Montoya. So Christian Montoya, Daryl W. will know what I'm talking about. You know, you know the old TV guide channels where it just scrolled throughout. like It, it was like a guide... It, before they had the guide button, it's just with their like channel ninety eight. It would just scroll through the through the channels and show you. What, yes, yes, I do exactly know what you're talking about, like TV well, guide. Yeah, they'd always play. You know, down here they played uh, local news thirteen, and so they do the weather on the ones, and it'd be like, 
Hi, I'm your local meteorologist, Miguel Montoya. Mm. With your weather on the one. So Christian Montoya is actually, he's actually cousins with Miguel Montoya. Who are these? We have a lot of weathermen in our community, Justin. Who are these weathermen? This is so true. A ton of weathermen. Um, Bobby Skinner kind of did a little bit of a radio voice, and I kind of want him to do it again. Um, all those wonderful people are their three newest Patreon members, some of them being, you know, one of them being our 300th member. Patreon.com slash Talking Giants. $2 a month plus some other tiers. Magnets, shirts, community. Three things. Three key things that you need in life to be successful and to stay alive. Magnets, shirts, and community. <clears throat> and you need a quarterback, Justin. And- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right now, injury-wise, like the the key players, it looks like Daniel Jones, Shepard, and Slayton are basically guarantees to play. Galladay and Barkley are most likely out, and then Andrew Thomas is a TBD at the moment. But I I expect him to play, but I'm not like I'm not confident in that. So the Daniel Jones debate right now is because he came up woozy from that hit on Sunday in Dallas. Is that oh they're rushing him back, and I totally disagree. If he is clear from a concussion protocol, like it like you mentioned before, it's a third party thing, and you know, Dan Duggan wrote a good article citing uh, sources talking about like, hey, just because a guy got up dizzy doesn't mean it, it makes it that much worse of a concussion. That's more has to do with balance than anything. Um, so and Daniel Jones is a little bit of a goofball. Yeah, it, it, listen, I'm not I'm not pre- sitting here pretending like his bell wasn't rung. Yeah, like, he got his it, bell rung. Yeah, you know, he's going through the concussion protocols for a reason, but like he's going through them quickly because he's passing the test you know and logan ryan said on moose and the maggot that he was reading a book on the way home and he was had a long conversation with his parents afterwards so like he he feels normal you know monday he was you know saying he he felt normal on monday so the giants are going to play him and they should play him okay this isn't like last year where you know he's battling a hamstring injury and it's like hey that injury is still there but we're gonna you're gonna be able to play through it you're just gonna have to operate differently it's not the same thing uh so I, I'm very happy they're playing. And this idea that, well, maybe if Andrew Thomas doesn't play and it's the Rams, it's like, are you serious? You want this? You want Joe Judge? You want him to lose the locker room? That's how you lose the locker room. When you, think, you don't think these players talk? Daniel Jones, knowing that he's cleared from the concussion protocols, his friends on the team knowing he's cleared from the concussion protocols, and Joe Judge is going to preach that, hey, don't give up. We, we fight. We're going to play this entire season and fight every single week. But they're just rolling over and dying for the Rams. I'm like, actually, no, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna arrest you, even though you're cleared and you want to play and you're ready to play. Like, what is, what kind of message does that send to the team, especially after Joe Judge's quotes about Doug Peterson and Philly at the end of last year? Yeah. Um, and I know it's not the same exact situation, but it, it, in a sense, it is. So, it just like if if he did that, he would lose the locker room, you know, because you know. Go, they got to go out there and fight for this win. And I don't care if it's Nate Solder at left tackle, Matt Parrott, or Andrew Thomas at left tackle. Daniel Jones gives them the best option to win, and they should be fighting every single week to win. These guys are playing for their jobs every single week. And you're like, oh, well, didn't, you know, Joe Judge is going to get him killed to save his job. Well, guess, like, Joe Judge should do, should, you know, coach for his job. And as long as he's not putting anybody in harm's risk. And last year, I was very critical of them playing him versus Arizona in the second half of that game. But this is not that situation. Yeah, I I agree. And at first, I was a little bit more on, like, the Switzerland side. But if, like, hey, you know, Nate Solder is a, you know, <laughs> he's he is a red flag at at left tackle, and I do think Daniel Jones would have gotten hurt in that game against Dallas if it wasn't for that concussion. I, I didn't think he was making out of that game left, you know, either way. Um, obviously, him getting hurt wasn't because of Nate Soto last Sunday. But I will say, in defense of people that are saying that, Bobby, 
the fan the fan mentality when you're one and four is a lot different than the fan mentality when the team's in it and you know you're thinking more analytically you're thinking more like with it with the like hey what would i do if i was in their situation but there's just so much emotion right now where again i don't blame people for being like you know i don't even want jones to play i i, I don't even know what i want nobody knows what they want but it's you're right where these guys should be coaching for their jobs and playing for their jobs and a critique of daniel jones in years past is that he's missed games so why would you want him to miss more games if he's cleared to kind of play, like let let him go out there and try and get 16 games on that uh on that docket this year. So yeah, and the way concussions again, it's not it's once you're cleared, you're cleared. It's not like oh man, he, he's still getting some headaches and not feeling right, but let's put him out there. You know, got to rest his brain a little bit longer. No, I don't think that's a. Uh... I don't think if you gain another week, I don't think the brain will heal more. So Well, yeah, and the idea that, like, well, if Andrew Thomas is playing, then you play Daniel. Well, what if Andrew Thomas goes out for the year? Should we bench Daniel Jones for the year? Like, it's just, you can't you can't play that game. Yeah. And you could, I mean, you, you put do- Matt Parrott at left tackle, so it's not a turnstile. I mean, that's, again, that's more it's more on the organization that they're putting Jones in that situation, you know? Yeah, so. you should have thought about that before the season. Correct. All right, but, um... So, but I I am excited that he's playing, and and with Kenny Galladay out, Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton will be very important this week, obviously with with Kadarius Tony, and I think all three of those guys are important. But I am interested to see the way they use Tony and Shepard together. Yep. You know, because like it's time, like you can't you can't limit Tony's reps anymore. Tony has to play a ton. You know, he has to be playing the large majority of the game. I mean, obviously, you know, wide receivers don't play every single rep, but like. 80% of the time of this game, Sterling Shepard and Kadarius Tony should be on the field at the same time. Yeah, I'm going to be interested to see the split between slot and outside. I think Tony's been playing the slot like 60% of the time so far this year, and then the rest have been kind of outside. So they've been they've been flipping him and they've been switching him, and I love how both Tony and Shepard are guys that are largely targeted in the 1-9 to nine yard range, like Darius Slayton. You know, the, his targets, you know, he makes his bread and, you know, his bread and butter past the sticks and from 10 to 19 yards and then 20 plus yards as well. That's where he makes the majority of his, his production, right? But Shepard and Tony, they've been catching the ball largely in the intermediate part of the field. But the difference between Shepard and Tony is that Tony has been a top 10 target in the National Football League throughout this entire season in yards after the catch and creating yards after the catch. So Shepard, possession guy. Tony catches the ball in that same range, but he's able to create those explosive plays with yards after the catch. So how do they balance between slot and outside? And let's just face it, without Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Tony is the biggest weapon on this Giants offense, especially even without Barkley too. He's the biggest weapon. He's the biggest circle on this for this Rams defense. So how is he going to do when he's the, that guy that's circled and he's on their radar? Yeah, and I, I think they'll both you know mix between slot and outside. Um, and Jalen Ramsey, it's we don't really know what they're going to do with Ramsey. You know, they've been playing Ramsey, uh, you know, in the slot this year. You know, they've been moving Ramsey around a lot, so it's going to be really interesting to see who they they match up on. That it's not really like X and O's, X's and O's related, but we said it on the live stream uh, the other day that if there was any game for Kadarius Tony to punch somebody, it would be the game before we play Jalen Ramsey because Tony is going to be like on high alert, like. Can't punch nobody this game. Can't punch it. Like, he's going to be, like, very, like, disciplined. Like, can't punch nobody this game. Can't punch anybody this game. So, again, I'm I'm, I'm happy that Tony punched someone at the end of a blowout game before we played Jalen Ramsey over any other time. Yeah. FYI, week two, Sterling Shepard was healthy. Week three, he got hurt against Falcons. So, week two, 
Kadarius Tony had 19 snaps. 17 of them were out wide. Two of them were in the slot. So now that Tony has been used and he's actually been productive the last couple weeks, will they continue to alternate him in the slot and out wide? Or will they continue to, you know, we want Shep to be the slot wide receiver and now Tony will take the place as kind of like our, you know, our ex, our number one guy on the outside. So we'll see. And then, yeah, and then with their defense, you know, they play that, you know, two high quarters uh, coverage. The most in the NFL. Highest yeah, rate. like, you know, that's where Staley came from, and Raheem Morris is, is doing the same. But I want us to attack that. You know, obviously, you know, you got to, you know, pick and choose your battles, and having a, t- a Tony-type player versus that is, you know, going to help you with the act. But, you know, we saw versus Washington, like, there is ways, because they're playing that safety high, that means that safety has more responsibility and more responsibility to co- come up. So, you know, the Darius Slayton drop uh, versus Washington. That was a route concept called Mills, where the slot receiver has a, a deep in, and then the outside receiver has a post. And what that does is, the, you know, the corner is expecting inside help, but the safety comes up on that deep in, and now you've got that post that turns like, you know, maybe not as wide open as that one, but very much open. There's, you know, scissors. There's so many ways to attack that and get those big plays out of there. But you got to, you know, you got to be protected up front um, to get those things going. But this defense should be attacked. You know, their their corner right now, Robert Rochelle, like he's he's new in there. He's not very good. Their safeties can be taken advantage. You know, they're, you know they lost uh, their their safeties from last year. Um, and again, like the Tony Yak, like this this secondary can be attacked. And we'll talk about them up front. But like this secondary from the Rams, like it's it's vulnerable right now, even though they do have a guy like Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, they're allowing the explosive pass play. Um, the eleventh least amount in the National Football League. I worded that bad, but 32 minus 11. That's that's their ranking in terms of allowing the most in the National Football League. So they're oh good. They're above average. They're allowing explosive plays at an at a below average rate. I am really worded that wrong in three different yeah, ways. Yeah, you totally got me. I was like, why? That's okay. So they, Can they I start the 11th over? most. No, the 11th least. So like, are they on the good side? They're the on the good half? side. Okay. Oh, then you worded it right. They're first time I did and then I tried to explain it more and I screwed it up so you know my point the Rams defense they're they're good they're and but how I'm feeling confident so basically Broncos defense right they run too high and very similarly the Rams defense they run too high I mean Vangio kind of came from that line of thinking right yeah so compared to week one I'm more excited to see what we can do with yards after the catch because we have Kadarius Tony. Whereas week one, I was like, oh, I have no confidence in kind of producing explosive plays because we're basically relying on throwing the ball 20 plus yards down the field to produce those plays. And I don't really feel like we can do that against a defense like the Broncos, against a defense like the Rams. Well, maybe you can do it when Tony, secondary too. when Tony is in the middle of the field taking attention up there. So I'm a little bit more confident that there can be some sort of balance in terms of explosive plays this Sunday. Yeah, they should be attacking downfield this play. They have a they have a they have a bad secondary outside of Jalen Ramsey, so it should be attacked. You know, their linebackers aren't great either. Um, you know, that opens things up in the run game because they are too high, because of you know, we're gonna talk about but like they align their D line in different ways to get one on ones for Aaron Donald. Um, so they you know, they can be run on as as well, but I'm gonna talk about that later in the episode. Let's talk about Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd though. Uh huh. <clears throat> Those guys are balling this year. Aaron Donald has three sacks, five tackles for a loss, eight QB hits. Uh, Leonard Floyd has uh, three sacks, four tackles for a loss, five QB hits. I mean, both those guys are outperforming our entire edge room, you know, to, on their own. Uh, and Leonard Floyd's going to line up mostly on the right tackle, which is 
I, at this point, I think it's going to be Nate Solder, which is not good. Um, but hopefully Leonard Floyd is dumb and just tries to go around him and doesn't bull rush him or anything. But Donald, man, they, they try to get one-on-ones with him. So they're, what they're going to do sometimes is they're going to line up Donald outside the tackle, but they'll also have the edge outside the tackle. And they have two guys outside of them, which is like you know one of them is coming inside, but you it, it forces a one-on-one. So you're going to have Matt Skura one-on-one with Aaron Donald. You know, so they're going to do things to get one-on-one, but it's just, you know, keeping the, the ways you do that is keeping the tight ends in to block, which the Giants have done a good job of. But I think even though Nate Solder is clearly the weak point this year, I think you, you know, maybe you bring that in and, you know, you use it from the backside. Like you got you got to be able to contain Donald and not let him destroy the game. Like I'm not saying, telling you're going to just totally eliminate Donald from the game, but don't let him destroy the game. The way he did versus Washington and our guard Wes Martin last year, where Wes Martin gave up four sacks. Like you can't just be like, all right, we're gonna line up and play, and our guys are gonna have to beat their guys. You just can't. You can't face Donald that way. Are you prepared for how bad Nate Solder's going to look, regardless of who's in front of him? Because it's if going it's to be right worse. tackle. It won't look as bad yeah. um, because they give help on that side. I think he's going to be left tackle. I don't think Thomas is going to play. I think Thomas is playing. I hope you. I hope you're right. I mean, from today they were running with Solder, with Thomas Limited. They had Matt Parrott at left tackle and Nate Solder at right tackle, which makes me think Solder would be the right tackle. Oh, okay. Which, I mean, you know, people throughout the thing like, well, maybe they want to put Parrott at left tackle because he's better. It's like, has this team shown that? <laughs> you know, like they don't – I don't think they, they have – they haven't shown me anything like that to make that adjustment. So, yeah, I'm not going to get mad about Matt Parrott not starting until he's officially not starting, even though he's not going to start. Um so, anything else you want to talk about on their defense? No. I'm a little bit more invested in this how this Giants defense is going to do because there's a lot of pieces on this Giants offense that are down, that are not healthy. At this point, I'm a little bit more invested in, like, hey, can this defense turn it around? Can Graham get it, turn it around? Can turn it around because I, I like him as a coach. I'm a little bit more invested on that side of the ball for this game against a very, very good offense, so... Well, let's talk about their offense. Matthew Stafford is balling right now, completing 68% of his passes, over 300 yards per game, 12 touchdowns, 3 receptions, 9.2 yards per attempt right now. And they're spreading it out pretty well. Now, Cooper Cup has become like the clear one in there out of the slot. You know, he's got over 100 yards per game right now with five touchdowns. And I think, you know, we talk about it in the interview a little bit, but that's the biggest difference between uh, Stafford and Goff is Stafford's able to take advantage of that middle of the field where Goff really wasn't able to. And that right now is the weakness in the Giants' coverage right now. So yeah. there's got to be – now what I think the Giants should do is the way to beat – you know, they the way they lost to the Cardinals is, you know, Stafford – Stafford, you know, Stafford is really good, but Stafford can also, like, be really bad at times too. You know, he makes bad decisions. He makes he, – he can be inaccurate at times, you know. I mean, think back, back to when we played them in 2019. You know, there was like, oh, my gosh, he just threw a duck to Janoris Jenkins. Like, he makes bad throws. Um, so I think it's just like, you got to play, you got to play man coverage with those guys on the outside and hope you can, you know, turn, get, get a couple turnovers over uh, on him, but you're not going to get to him like pass rushing one. The Giants can't rush the passer. They've given up four sacks in five games. Justin. How many sacks do the Giants have? They have on six. Defense? I think they have six. Giants have six sacks. No, they probably have like eight or nine. Alston Johnson, three, Aziz Ojolari, three. Landon Williams, one and a half. Danny Shetland, half. So, eight. All right, so that's good news. We have more sacks than what the Rams have allowed. Um, at least at least we're there. Yeah, Rams offense really good. They're third in offensive DVOA. Um, they are 
producing explosive pass plays at the third highest rate in the National Football League right now. Their explosive play rate overall is fourth in the National Football League. You know, they got Cup. They got Cup. Robert Woods is a guy that was really good last year. Made a number change, still really good this year. Van Jefferson's their number three, and Deshaun Jackson's averaging over 15, 16 yards per catch, too. Where basically, oh, you think he's averaging over 15, 16 yards per catch, Justin? Well, how many? He's how averaging many? 30 yards per catch. Oh, he's okay. got 215 yards on seven catches this year. And he missed him. Stafford missed him a couple times in the Cardinals game deep. Like, Deshaun Jackson has become, like, the biggest home run. He's, he's the biggest home run threat in the league again. How many touchdowns does he have? Who did Deshaun Jackson even play for last year? Was he still in the Eagles? Oh, he yes. went back to the Eagles and he got hurt. Yeah, because I remember Marjorie Harper hurt, hurt him. Yeah. Um, and then Marjorie Harper's like, I didn't get a penalty. It's like, no, dude, you literally did get a penalty in that game. How many touchdowns does Deshaun Jackson have? Just one. Just one? Okay. Because I feel like every single catch that he's made has been like a 40, 50-yard touchdown. And he can never run forward into the end zone. He has to always run backwards. So we know about that. Yeah. His leading, I mean, our leading receiver this year only has one touchdown catch. Shep only has one. Slayton has one. Oh, good team score points. John Ross has one. <laughs> Galladay has zero. Points. Tony has zero. Tony was so close a couple times last week. So, yeah, I mean, their offense is legit. We don't need to break it down a ton. You know, ranked eighth in scoring, so it's not like they're, you know, the, the greatest show on turf. But they are, Stafford's making good decisions. They're not running a ton of play action. No, um, which is bizarre but, for McVay. Yeah, but it's like Stafford's able to read the field better and, and, you know, hit the middle of the field. You know, the versus Seahawks, they ran the same play like six times. You know, it was flood to the play side, and on the backside, they'd run a dig, and it was it was like unstoppable for them. So, yeah. you know, if you see something that they work the middle of the field earlier in the game, if I'm Patrick Graham, like, all right, they're going to keep coming back to that, you know, and, and make adjustments in the, in the game with your DBs. I wonder if they go back to a little bit more play-action stuff. Because the Giants have been, especially on early downs, um... Like I'm looking at Broncos film, you know, if I'm, you know, if I'm the Rams, I, I look at Broncos film to see exactly, you know, how, how they went about their business. Cause I would say the Cowboys are just more or less just talented, you know, versus the Broncos. I thought that was just a brilliantly schemed up game and what they were doing with play action on early downs. Cause especially of how bad the giants have been against the run, um, play action, early downs and Stafford has historically been good with play action too which is kind of bizarre why McVay hasn't been running it more, but maybe he's keeping it in his back pocket and he'll roll it out against the Giants. That'll be fun. 10-year anniversary of Super Bowl Forty Six. How about that? Yeah, I'm most excited for that. Uh, I, I really am. Um, excited to see that. Excited how they're going to do it. Excited to see who's going to show up. So I'm looking forward to that. Cool beans. All right. Uh, read the ad and then we'll send it to our interview. There you go. All right. So another week of the NFL season means another shot to win big at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's one point. It's pretty darn good. I think that's kind of, kind of likely. The last 0-0 tie in the NFL was 1943, so I'd say this is a no-brainer. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't have you empty-handed. Everyone can play huge cash, cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot and a million dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download 
It's DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code JOHNBOY. Throw down $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code JOHNBOY. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager. One per customer restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. All right, now we have uh, a second-time guest. He was on the show last year, Cameron De Silva of the Rams Wire. Really smart dude. Good, you know. Sometimes these interviews aren't great, but it gives you some really good nuggets. You know, I use some of those nuggets in the first portion of the show. So here it is, Cam Da Silva. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. All right. We now welcome back on. He was on with us last year. Um, in our in our preview, both second place teams in the division, uh, and that's why the Giants and Rams are facing each other. I don't think that'll that'll happen uh, again next year. But Cameron De Silva of the Rams Wire, Cameron, how are you doing? And how does it feel to cover the Matthew Stafford Rams after? Like you're going from success to like ultra success with uh, your coverage this year. Yeah, it's it's been fun watching Stafford play. Man, he's he's looked really good for them this season. Um, really, just right off the bat played well against the bears and, and has continued to, to play well over the last four games since them too. So uh, more explosive offense, more big plays. And uh, it's been fun to watch. What now, the giants had success versus the Rams last year, um, you know, def- defensively um, and Matt Stafford has always been a good QB, but you know, I don't think he's ever been, you know, like in that top, top tier, you know, he's been in the good tier. So, I mean, how much different is it with Matthew Stafford running this show compared to Jared Goff? And, like, what what are, like, some different things the Rams are doing besides, you know, just throwing the ball deep with Stafford? Or is it as simple as that? Yeah, I mean, you're seeing a mix of, of a little bit of throwing it deep and just more intermediate routes rather than checkdowns. Um, Stafford, is, he's taking shots down the field when they're there, but he's also picking up these chunk plays with 20 yarders over the middle where – that was kind of a lost uh, element in the offense the past couple of seasons. Um, so Cooper Cup and Robert Woods are doing a really good job over the middle and, and on these intermediate routes. Deshaun Jackson is, has been a good deep threat, um, even though Stafford's underthrown him three times. So he's still kind of getting acclimated to the speed of Jackson, the, the kind of route running nuances of Cooper Cups. They've had a couple of miscommunications, but um, so far it's just a more explosive offense. You're not seeing them do as much play action because McVay doesn't feel like he has to kind of hide things and, and protect Jared Goff as much um, with these play action fakes and things like that. It's more of just a, a straight drop back offense, which is fun to watch because Stafford's slinging it around. Um, the running game has been decent, but it, it's been mostly about Matthew Stafford throwing it. I mean, I, you know, you look at the wide receiver room and I won't ask you about Deshaun Jackson because he's averaging 30 yards per catch. And I feel like they've all been on, on national primetime TV. So we know how he's being implemented deep down the field. But, you know, you got like a, a core of Cup, Woods, and, and Van Jefferson in there too, which, you know, all good receivers. But, like, when they don't come up in the top receiver, uh, you know, top receiver of the league uh, chats, how, how is that being implemented where Cup is like that in the one and, and Woods the two and Van Jefferson the three? Yeah, they're, they're really interchangeable, honestly. Um, Cup is primarily a slot receiver, but – he can move around to the, the Rams use a lot of bunch formations to protect these guys off the line. So they're not getting pressed as much and they get free releases. So 
Um, they're, they're pretty interchangeable. Uh, they run similar routes. Honestly, Cup has become more of a downfield threat than he was in years past with Jared Goff. So um, that's been good to see. He, he's had an uptick in, in yards per catch, and he's made a lot of big plays for this team and really blossom into a number one receiver. But um, like we saw last week against the Seahawks, Robert Woods is still more than capable of, of playing a big role. He had 12 catches, 150 yards, um, really almost matched his total from the first four games combined. So um, it's an offense where any of these guys can beat you in a given week, and uh, it makes it difficult for defensive coordinators to prepare for this offense. The car- 20 points versus the Cardinals is a down game, which sounds really nice. As the, like if you told me as a Giants fan, 20 points, like, yeah, I'll sign up for it. It's probably better than what we usually get. Uh, I mean, the Giants averaged less than 20 points last year. Uh, 20 points was the, was the down game versus the Cardinals. And maybe it's as simple as, hey, the Cardinals scored a lot of points and it wasn't the offense that lost the game. But what is it that the Cardinals did to keep the Rams below what they've been doing? And, you know, like when I looked at the box score, I would think, oh, you know, Chandler Jones maybe had a, had a game, but, you know, Stafford was sacked zero times. What was the Cardinals' key to keeping them at least in check? Yeah, it wasn't anything crazy that they did, honestly. Um, Stafford said it after the game. He just missed some throws and didn't hit guys who were open, and it wasn't really anything that the Cardinals' defense did specifically, uh, but they just – they made it difficult for him to um, to – feel not necessarily comfortable because he wasn't sacked, but um, he just, he missed some open receivers. He didn't put the ball in the right spots. He uh, threw an interception on a deep shot to Deshaun Jackson. So there were a few mistakes in there and really you said 20 points they scored and it, it should have been 13 because that's, that's including a, a garbage time touchdown at the end. So the Cardinals really did a good job against them and they just couldn't get into a rhythm. They were playing from behind the whole game. So the running game was kind of abandoned a little bit. Um, it was just kind of a weird performance by the by the offense as a whole, not picking up first downs and um, making mistakes that we didn't really see Stafford making in the first couple of games. So you basically told us, like, Giants fans, your hope is just Stafford has a bad game. Yeah, exactly. Which, which just doesn't feel good right now, and the Giants <laughs> is taking a step back from last year. Um, <laughs> defensively, uh, you they lost Staley. Has there been, like, a, any you know philosophical changes of what they've done, or is it kind of a little more like, hey, we're copying and pasting what Staley put in put in last year. Yeah, it's not necessarily the same exact defense. Um, it's been a different unit without John Johnson and Troy Hill, which I think is the biggest difference that we're seeing. Um, they were so consistent in coverage. They were decent run defenders too, especially John Johnson. He was really good. Um, but David Long has tried to replace Troy Hill. He kind of struggled a little bit. Robert Rochelle stepped up um, after Long was benched last week. Um, still had his struggles a little bit. Taylor Rapp has filled in for John Johnson at safety. He has not done a good job in coverage. So um, seeing some lapses there at those two positions, but it's it's a similar defense, a, lot, a fair amount of quarters coverage, a lot of zone, not, not a ton of like manning up receivers and things like that. Um, we are seeing Raheem Morris move Jalen Ramsey around more than usual. He's primarily become a slot defender where he's lining up uh, across from slot receivers, blitzing off the edge, lining up in the box. He still plays outside some, um, but he's not like that true lockdown shadow, your number one receiver uh, type of player anymore. He, he's moving around and uh, become a chess piece on defense. Well, that's, that was actually going to be my next question is like, how are <laughs> they, how are they using Jalen Ramsey and a giants offense? Kenny Galladay will, will be out this week, but you got Slayton, who's like that one true outside receiver. 
Sterling Shepard, who's always like he was the slot guy. Now Kadarius Tony's emergence. I was gonna ask like, how, is there? Do you think there's anything they're gonna do different with Ramsey? Like maybe have him follow Tony or just stay with Sepp in the slot or? Yeah, that, that's what I've been wondering myself too going into this game because Tony has obviously, as you know, in the past couple of weeks, really become a playmaker for them and and a dangerous player that that defenses have to account for. So. Um, you would think that the Rams would put their best corner on, on the Giants' best receiver, especially with Darius Williams, their number two corner being out. So um, I think you'll see Ramsey in the slot plenty, whether that's against Shepard or Tony. I think that's kind of the uh, the way that the Giants' offense wants to operate, going through those guys. So taking them away with Ramsey and, and having him kind of disrupt things in the middle is a is a strategy that I think they'll use. Right. Going back to Staley, I, this isn't really about the Rams. I want to ask you since you covered him, and you know we didn't. No one paid attention to coordinator press conferences when uh, when he was with the Rams. Probably, <laughs> he's getting a lot of love right now, and deservedly so. Do you think he gets gassed up a little too much though, because he kind of says the things that football Twitter has been saying for the last few <laughs> years? Because I feel like he's getting like he's saying some things that you know NFL Twitter has been repeating over and over again, and it's like it's more. It's it almost seems like it's reassurance of like like media more so than like Staley saying the craziest things in the world. Yeah, it almost seems like confirmation bias with with what NFL Twitter has been talking about with um, not needing a running game to set up the pass and going forward on fourth down. Um, I, I think there is a little bit of uh, not necessarily a honeymoon phase with Staley with being the head coach now and, and getting so much love, but um, I love the aggressiveness that he's shown with the Chargers and going forward on fourth down, which is so completely different from what Sean McVay has done with the Rams. He, he hardly ever goes for it on fourth down against the Cardinals. He punted uh, from midfield while they were down, I think 10 or 11 points in the second half, kicked the 46 yard field goal while they were down 14 in, in the fourth quarter. So um, you're seeing a little bit of a ph uh, philosophy difference between these two. Um, but Staley is a guy that a lot of players loved. I know Jalen Ramsey talked him up a ton being the reason that he played as well as he did last season and calling him a genius. So I think he's a real deal as a coach. And it, it almost feels similar to the way that Sean McVay generated so much hype when he first got started in 2017. Uh, we're seeing that a little bit now with Brandon Staley. Is Has Sean McVay always been conservative on fourth down or did Joe Judge rub off on him in the Flying Coach podcast? <laughs> he's He's been pretty conservative over the years, which – um, when you have Jared Goff playing the way that he did the past couple of years, I could kind of understand, but now when you have fourth and short and you have the offensive line playing the way that they are, and you have Matthew Stafford, who is good under pressure, he knows how to operate when things break down. I mean, you have a good chance to go pick up a few yards and it's just surprising and, and almost frustrating to see him punt it and kick these field goals as often as he does. What would be like the weak spot to attack on the defense? I know Thursday night football was highlighting Rochelle at corner. Um, you know, I remember in the game last year, Kenny Young, uh, that's 41, right? Kenny Young. Yep. I remember yep. it was like, man, he gets, you know, like he's, they're really good job doing a good job of getting to the second level and blocking that guy up and springing some runs off of it. Is like, where do you th think the defense is at overall? Like, where is it? Is it like sustain? Like, is it susceptible to teams attacking their weaknesses or are they kind of just playing decent right now? No, yeah, you, you hit it right on the head there with Rochelle. He's going to play a bigger role with Darius Williams being out. Um, that's a, a, a pretty big blow for the Rams because Williams has been rock solid the last two years. So I think you can attack 
Rochelle and even David Long too, because those are going to be probably the two starters um, alongside Jalen Ramsey in their nickel packages. Um, and then Kenny Young and Troy Reader at linebacker. That's that's somewhere where the, the, the running backs can win their matchups in the passing game out of the backfield. Um, blocking them up is, has not been terribly difficult. Reader's had a decent year, but Kenny Young has, has been hot and cold. So um, I think you, you nailed it right there with those being two weak spots for them to attack. And, uh, and they've been susceptible to big plays. So whether it's downfield or just missing tackles after a short catch, the Rams have been giving up too many big plays and, and it's kind of hurt them a little bit. Well, this might be a, a little less fireworks than last year. We were missing Nick Gates and Jalen and, and Golden Tate, who, you know, started fight slash. Did you see any of that fight from Golden Tate last year? Like, because there really wasn't any video of it. Do you remember like anything? No, about I, don't, I, don't, I know him and Jalen went at it. Um, and there was that was the game where there was talk about Jalen waiting for him outside the locker room, right? Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, they, well, Jalen, I don't want to get too into the tabloids, but something with Jalen Ramsey and Golden Tate's sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. it, it yeah. stemmed from something involving all. Yeah, three it's of a them. family matter. Yeah, yep. So I don't, I don't know exactly um, what transpired from that, but they obviously don't like each other, and um, obviously Tate's not there anymore, so we're not going to see see the the scrappiness um, between them and, and then Nick Gates and Aaron Donald, but um, still should be an interesting game. And, and Ramsey is never afraid to talk. So I'm sure he'll be, he'll be jawing at Tony and Shepard when he's covering them in the slot. I, I, we, we've, we've fallen in love with, we're in full bloom love with Kadarius Tony right now, but obviously, you know, the fight last week, they're going to teams are going to try and bait him going yeah. forward. Um, and then with, with, we have, we, the guy who fought Aaron Donald is gone and Nick Gates. And now we have Wes Martin, starting at guard so who in the washington rams game last year gave a four sacks aaron donald so okay <laughs> not not the best replacement so, uh but yeah, you know exactly. what we're, we're celebrating the 10-year anniversary of super bowl 46 and we're going to hang on to those two Super Bowls for the rest of our life until this yeah there you go good. yeah Cameron, I saw going with it with the anniversary uniforms this week oh man john mara got booed at the eli manning ring of honor um so i, I don't think he's going to show his face for this ceremony <laughs> uh, where can people uh find your stuff uh, if they want to, you know, read up and get ready for the Rams game. Yeah, I'm on Twitter at Cam DeSilva, and then I publish all my stuff at theramswire.usatoday.com. All right, Cameron, man, I appreciate you giving us some time. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, man. No holds bad. He he took me in the low post and won, but I think we had on the Vasity. All right, listen up, people. The Giants season is not working. It's not going great right now. Like, you know, we we got excited, we were ready to go, and it kind of just wasn't ready to go. You know, Justin, last year, he won the fantasy, uh, you know, the fantasy draft for us. Mm-hmm. Had three guys that scored zero points last week. He's over oh, yeah. 100 points down. Justin also, I guess we'll just keep using Justin as an example. You know, usually he's been a decent quick picker, went one and six last week. Mm-hmm. Guys, no one's perfect. So if you feel like you've come up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, these are these are the options. Go to Roman.com slash John Boy now. With Roman, you could get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Danny, you do it, right? You use it in college, right? Yep, every, sing- every single day. You got to keep the grind going. Getro Man comes straight to Danny King's house. Uh, uh, you know, he flies in there. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. I mean, that's the best. That's the best part, right? You know, 
you, you, you get your, your, you know, your boner pills. You want it to be discreet. I have know? an idea. But you don't want your boner to be discreet. You want everyone to see it. And that's why you got to use Roman. Exactly. What's your idea? My idea is take Roman, bigger wiener, better confidence, better picker in terms of picking against the spread. Picker, and pepper. The spread. Peter Piper picked his pecker. That's right. Get, getting started is simple. Just go to Roman.com slash world and complete an online visit. Nope. Take it. Slash John Boy. Test, I was testing you, Justin, if you knew the promo code. The, jo- the promo code is John Boy. Testing you. You're always alert. You're like you're always up and ready. You know, like a like a boner with Roman. Like somebody with Roman. Complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash JohnBoy now to get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. GetRoman.com slash JohnBoy. Get started now to save $15 on your first month of treatment. All right. We now welcome on Danny King for weather and trivia. Who's, his weather knowledge has been being attacked lately. Not by me. I'm just saying some people have been calling him no. a fraud. I, I, yeah, some people have been calling me a fraud. I, I don't take that lightly. You know, like we, us weathermen and women, we, we take our job seriously. We try our hardest to get the weather right, but sometimes Mother Nature just doesn't cooperate. So don't hate the player, hate the game. Uh, I'm, today's... A Miguel, I'm a Miguel Montoya fan. Who's that? Is that like listening a Florida... to the first portion of the show. Is that nope. a Florida weatherman? Bad guy. <laughs> bad guy movie, bad guy movie. It's going to be football weather on Sunday. It's going to be very nice. It's going to be 63 degrees, mm. sunny. Uh, there's going to be apparently winds 11 miles per hour, so it might be a little windy, but it probably won't be because it's MetLife Stadium. That stadium doesn't know wh- what wind is, I believe. The parking lot oh, parking is lot. windy as hell. I remember when we couldn't keep the tent down. Inside the, the stadium is a different story. It's a different story. And then 62% humidity. It's going to get partly cloudy as the game goes on, but sunny. You can't. You just can't hate on that. That's football weather right there, people. Are you going to be there, Danny King? I will not be there. Come on. I, I'm, I can't. No, I'm not making a trip down. To this, I, Super Bowl Forty Six is the Super Bowl I have more fond memories of, but I, I will not be there. Uh, next time I'll be at MetLife will be for the Cowboys game. That's December, if I'm correct. Are you coming to the Eagle game? I will not be at the Eagle game. Well, you have well, you have to get tickets to the Eagle game. I do have to get tickets to the Eagle game because that is the game that we will all be there. So. Oh god! Oh crap! Do I gotta? I mean, it's Thanksgiving break that week. There you go. You'll be home. Got, Mike got the way out. All right. So fantasy question this week. I I I got I got kind of two. One will take. Like, all right. So here we go. This one I think is fun. Which giant has the highest fantasy PPR points against the Rams? I got multiple choice here. I got A, Mark Bavaro, B, Eli Manning, C, I Killard, D, Plaxico Burris, and then E, Ahmad Bradshaw. Odell wasn't one of the was Odell wasn't one of the choices, right? He was not one of the choices. All right, then Eli I'm Manning. Go, I'm gonna go Mark Bavaro. Mark Bavaro, according to our friends at Stathead, even though we're not friends with them. It's Plaxico Burris. Ooh. In 2005 against the Rams, he was targeted 17 times, which is the most by a, a Giants player in any game. He caught 10 of them, and he had 42 points and 204, 204 yards. So he got 42 points that game. That's more oh, than it was Eli one Manning single game? I thought you were talking about like one, career-wise. One single. Oh, no, one single game. I still want to have guessed Plax, but... Yeah, he, he went off one game. And then my second one, just because they are the people across the pond. You got Gaz, man. Uh, the Giants have four interceptions against the Rams in 2016. Can you name the two players that got those four interceptions? Two of them. Four Landon Collins and Dominic Rogers Camardi. Justin, do you agree with that? Yes, because I believe in Bobby Skinner. 
He was correct. It was a simple question, but I, I remember that game. I enjoyed that game. That was a fun game against the Rams because we haven't had a fun game against the Rams in a while. So let's get some fun games in there. All right, speaking of fun games, we have our fantasy draft where we pick between the Giants and the team they're playing, which this week is the Rams. Who's having fun? Four rounds. This week, Danny is picking first, and Danny's been first place all year until this week. He lost first place. He has 199 points. He had 23 points last week. So a guy that was in first place last week but isn't this week, you'd be like, okay, he lost the lead, but he's close behind. Wrong. He's 50 points behind. Justin has 143 total points, 18 points last week. He had three guys that put up zeros last week. Um, That's not good. He's uh, 105 points behind. And first place off of a record-setting week. I broke the record for a single week by almost 20 points. With an 85-point showing last week, I have 249.3 points and I'm in first place. How about that? I I think we got to throw that game out the window. That's just, it's rigged. I mean, Justin, we... took, Ster- Justin took Sterling. Why, I don't know. And then everyone else we had got injured. I thought he was going to play. Yeah, I thought he was going to. I would pick Sterling Shepard if Justin didn't pick him right before me. Um, Here's the thing. Credit to me. I was gassing up Kadarius Tony big time on the episode last week. Like pr- like the portion one, the fantasy draft, and my giant factor. Like this dude is going to ball this week. And credit to me, I called it. So Glad you got that? something right. 18 games into this fantasy <laughs> fantasy draft business, and you're finally getting some things right. So good for you. You're, you're going to choke away this lead somewhere. It's just bound to happen. You yeah. can't hold first place for two I really long. think I'm going to hold it for the whole year. And I'll be honest, it's kind of boring. I think it's, it's more fun the chase after first than it is being first place. <laughs> so that just pick every bad player this week. Um, No. Danny, take a you bye have week. the first pick, though. It's, yeah, take a bye week. Ooh, first pick. Interesting choices here. But I think the choice is, is rather obvious. The Giants' can't defense is nothing right now. Give me Cooper Cup. Dude's been balling out. I love Cooper Cup. Big Cooper Cup guy. Him and Matthew Stafford got that connection going right now. He scored like he scored 30 points twice so far this year, and he's got 16 points last week. I think he could take advantage of the Giants' defense, him and Matty Stafford. So Cooper Cup, easy first choice. Easy over, first choice. Over 100 yards and a touchdown per game. I mean, you can't not pass this guy up first. Justin, who are you picking second? Robert Woods had a really good game last week. 12 receptions, 14 targets. Um, But I am not going to be taking Robert Woods. Because I have a feeling that the Rams could get the lead early in this game. They could be running the ball a lot. Give me Kadarius Tony. Damn it. You guys are going off my big board. Do you guys look at my big board? Yeah, you you showed us. I had your brother take a picture of your desk. What is... Wow, Kadarius Tony. That's how far... for week one, we wouldn't even have considered Kadarius Tony, and now we're what week six, and all of a sudden he's being taken in the first round. Look at well, that! Danny Himmels had two hundred yards last week, uh, and he uh, got on like well, thirty eight on like thirty eight snaps I'm, too. I'm looking at a perspective of it, just think like how far Kadarius Tony has come for being like who's Kadarius Tony? Like oh, Kadarius Tony's that guy. That was good radio, Danny. I appreciate that. You're welcome. All right, so I got the snake pick. All right, big board, Bobby. That we're that's going- really good alliteration. <laughs> I'm going Shepard. Ooh. I mean, he was like consistently like a top two pick, uh, you know, while he was healthy. Now he's healthy again. I'm going to go Sterling Shepard. Like, I don't think that Kadarius Tony coming in eliminates him and Daniel Jones' connection. Um, like, he's he's going to put up points. For my second pick, I'm really struggling between Henderson and Robert Woods. Mm. Henderson is the safe pick. I'm going to go Robert Woods. I'm going to yeah. go... 
I'm going to go big or go home. So I, I have Henderson, you know, a little higher on the big board. But I'm going to go Robert Woods. And I know Justin really wanted him with his first pick, and I won't give him that satisfaction. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going with number three and number five on my big board, leaving number four available for you, Justin. Yeah, well, I will take Daryl Henderson. The Giants have been really, really bad against the run. Henderson's the 16th-ranked fantasy running back right now. And if we're at a point where the Rams are running the ball a lot, which teams largely – so this is a fun little, fun little stat. Teams in the first quarter really like to run the Giants – Really like to run on the Giants. The second quarter, they basically go all, all out pass. And then the third and the fourth quarter, they go back to the run. And the Giants have Giants defense is one of the lowest amount of pass rates in the third and the fourth quarter and the first quarter in the National Football League. So Henderson's going to be getting a lot of work. So I feel good about that second round pick. Danny, you got back to back picks. I do have back to back picks. Now, I'm, I'm taking a risk in a lot of my leagues this week. I am starting Devontae Booker because I believe, well, obviously he's going to, like, when I took him week one, I thought he was going to take more reps than Saquon. Obviously not the case. I'm going to take Devontae Booker because I, he will be able to run the football, and I think the Giants are going to want to establish the run. Really, sorry, try to establish the run because Saquon was looking good. I think they can maybe get something going with Devontae Booker and get something out of that. And now with my snake pick, with my snake pick, with my snake pick. I'm, I'm saving all my go... Booker comments for later. Ooh, I like that. I'm going to go. You know what? I'm going to believe in him. Darius Slayton. Damn, man. Yeah, Slayton was my Slayton. sleeper pick of the week, man. I, 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 Kenny Galladay's out. It's going to be Tony Shepard, Slayton. I, I think this is Shepard's week to make it a, a statement and be like, hey, I'm, I'm still, I can still be that guy for Daniel Jones. Get that connection back, baby. They have a weak cornerback, too, in Rochelle. You know, you can take some of those shots against the cover four. Um, I, I really like this. Uh, Slayton was six overall for me, so good pick there. All right, Justin, who is your third pick? Bobby, who's our slot guy? You're, you're better Cooper with that Cup. Than Cooper Cup. I'm still taking Van Jefferson. I think it makes the most sense. He, 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 he's like that guy that could like get you no points or he'll give you like 16 points. That's yeah, like and how at, it works with Van Jefferson. And at, the, and at this point, that's kind of like what I'm looking for, and that's my season so far. So, Van Jefferson. So I, I actually had Jefferson eighth on the big board. So I'm going to go with two home run threats on back-to-back picks. Deshaun Jackson, you know, I mean, like I said, he's averaging over 33, thir- over 30 yards per catch this year. Unreal. Screw him. Um, I hate him, but he's, uh, uh, you know, he's good. And then so I have Higby, Ingram, and Michelle over this guy. But because I like this, because I like Slayton so much this week, I'm going to take a gamble, and that maybe they give Ross some of those Slayton normal reps with Kenny Galladay out, and I'm going to go John Ross with my last pick. You know, wow, you know, go, you know, kind of a boomer bust pick, even though you know Higby's going to get points, Ingram's going to get points, Michelle will get some points, but Ross is that boomer bust pick. So I'm, uh, you know, I got a big lead, I can play around with it a little bit. You know, you guys want to understand that. Justin, finish off your draft. Finish off my draft. Man. I really want to go with Giant, but I'm not going to. Give me Tyler Higby. Oh, Bobby's muted. I said Tyler Uh, Bigby. Uh, Danny, finish it off. What are we going with here? I'm going to go Evan Ingram. Because I (laughs) fit... Wow, look at that. Evan Ingram, my guy. He's going to do it this week. No, he's not. Uh, and then, because I feel like Henderson's been like... What do you mean, and deep. then? It's your last pick. 
Oh, yeah. My bad. My bad. My bad. So it's Evan Ingram? It is Evan Ingram. Okay. Who were you going to go, though? I was stuck between him and Michelle. You should have taken Sony Michelle. Is he better? Uh, no, nah, nah, he got negative nine points against Arizona. I ain't feeling that. <laughs> what? How is that possible? <laughs> All right, sorry, negative nine-tenths of a point. Oh, okay. I was supposed to be like, what, did he fumble three times? Yeah. Ingram is going to get catch. I mean, Ingram had put up like probably like 10 fantasy points last week, so. All right, Giant Factors. Danny, you had the first pick in the fantasy draft, which means you get the first pick at the Factors. Uh, So when you look at it, uh, left tackle right now is a big question mark. Is it going to be Andrew Thomas? Is it going to be Nate Solder? Could it be Matt Pert? That's a lot of variables at that spot right there. There's going to be one guy that's going to... My drive factor this week is Will Hernandez because he's going to have... Who knows what he's going to have next to him? Will he have the great Andrew Thomas? Will he have the terrible Nate Solder? Will Hernandez needs to come up big. He needs to be able to work the double teams which he's ever at that left tackle. Will Hernandez has been solid at left guard and I believe he's taken the step we saw. He, uh, we, he He's playing like he was kind of like 2019, not like at that high level, but he's a capable left guard right now. He could get the job done. Will Hernandez, what, I think he got a 67 grade last week from PFF, bringing a quick PFF grade. He's going to have to work with that left tackle. If it's Matt Pert, that's going to be a big learning curve and Will Hernandez is going to have to make him feel comfortable. Will Hernandez, you're my giant factor this week. Give Daniel Jones and or Mike Glennon the time. Also, real quick, if Mike Glennon, the sheriff, if he plays, guaranteed win. Guaranteed. We have had luck with backup QBs of late. Against NFC West teams. Mm-hmm. Think about this. We are 500 with our backup QBs the last two years. We went wow. one and one with Colt McCoy last year. Mm-hmm. And then Eli Manning, in relief of Daniel Jones, went one and one. One uh, win versus the Eagles. Uh, Dolphins, and I'm and stuttering, and one loss versus the Eagles. That's a that- better winning percentage than, like, Everything that we've done, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. We go, we go. So maybe we should uh, start Mike Lennon, um, the sheriff. So how about that? I, I really doesn't that feel disrespectful though that I just called Eli Manning a backup QB? Like, that yeah, I don't that. know. If that yeah, was that think, was really wrong. And when you think about that, we really just had Eli Manning backing up. That was someone that's kind of that. Wild. Honestly, in a miserable season, that was like a nice little like two week burst at the end of the season to like give you something to talk about. It's like, all right, Eli yeah. Manning's back. You know, that whole week we're like. He's back. You know, we were they, they, we had as much fun that as game. that. You know, made a video, uh, got you know, uh, got flagged with guess who's back, back again, mm-hmm. and with Eli Manning. That's that was a great video. I can't play it because YouTube will demonetize it. All right, Justin, who's oh, your giant factor? Aaron Donald has been getting comparisons, whether it's unfairly or fairly. I would say it's unfairly. Aaron Donald in his playing days has gotten comparisons to um, Lawrence Taylor in terms of how dominant he is. And a player on the Giants that a lot of people like to compare Aaron Donald to is Leonard Williams, simply because of the contract. This guy's getting Aaron Donald money. He better play like Aaron Donald. Well, when Aaron Donald is getting Lawrence Taylor comparisons, I think you're going to be disappointed because I don't think anybody's going to get there. But Leonard Williams is still a damn good ball player. He is not having a very good year. Nobody on that Giants defense is having a good year. Carl Banks set a line in Twitter spaces this week that I kind of like and I kind of respect. Austin Johnson is. Austin Johnson is earning that $3 million, you know, doubled the salary that he had in uh, uh, 2020. He's earning it. So that is the one exception. You're right. I outlined that in my stats video. So give me credit. 
But Carl Banks had a really good line during the Twitter spaces, and what he said is, play like you pay. Play like you pay. And at the end of the day, Leonard Williams is still not reaching that benchmark, but he's still playing well. I would love, it's not going to happen, I would love for Leonard Williams to have a good solid game and a game where Aaron Donald is on the other side of the football. I would love for Leonard Williams to step up, have a tackle for loss, get a sack. I don't even care. You don't even need to get a sack because you want you want to know what you do to please me and to please smart people who actually know the game of football, get pressure on the quarterback, and have an impact on the game. Yeah, don't shake your head at me, Bobby Skinner. Leonard Williams can have just as much of an impact on the game if he gets pressure on a quarterback, if he gets a QB hit, it forces an interception. You can have just as much of an impact on the game when you do that kind of stuff on a consistent basis. Not just one play on a sack on a third and 14, and then they pick it up anyway because the secondary is terrible. Make an impact. Be a giant factor. Earn that paycheck. Leonard Williams, shut everyone up. Shut them up. I'm tired yeah, sh- of it. Shut up uh, smart people like Justin. Boy, just, Justin, just, Justin says smart people like me. Yeah. Can- I, I I looked at his stats from last year against the Rams. He did I like he literally did nothing that game. So like can we like get a, a better version of Leonard Williams? Danny, you're not helping me. He but... never shows up in the pick game. All right, sorry, I'm not doing nope, that. Nope. So <laughs> I don't want to get started. <laughs> we're, we're just... <laughs> I don't I don't know. Our, our I don't know our only win this year. Did Leonard Williams not make one of the biggest plays? Did he not have how many sacks against Seattle? Did he not game you know, he called game against Seattle and Dallas last year, two of our biggest wins? I don't know. I don't yep. know. But you Justin, just, Thirty percent of our pass rush. What Danny for the, five key, for the five keys to victory? Just do straight Leonard Williams. Just like crap on Leonard Williams haters. I, I should just make a video on why I like you should Williams. at this point. Honestly, you should. My giant factor is Devontae Booker, starting running back. Don't trust any of our backups in Gary Brightwell or or Elijah Penny to get real running back reps. So you're going to be the running back this week. They play too high, so there's going to be favorable run fronts. Run tough. You know, run, get, hit that hole, hit the hole, you know, kind of do what Wayne Gallman did last year. You're a better blocker. You're, you add more in the receiving game, but run, run that way. Gain, like, ha, have our running game be an advantage to us and not a disadvantage to us. Um, so I'm not giving you some big, deep speech this week, but Devontae Booker is my giant factor for the week. Should be Wayne Gallman. Oh, did I, oh sorry, my mic's but, unmuted. But no. he can't block and receive as well. I just love Wayne Gallman. All right. Um, might, might not be the they ran a match protect where Devontae Booker picked up his block, and unlike Wayne Gallman last year, where he got Daniel Jones killed versus Arizona. Quick picks, picks the spread against the spread. I am twenty three and sixteen after a five and two week. Justin is sixteen and twenty three off a one and six week. Danny is in first place at twenty four and fifteen, and wearing those stupid sunglasses. He went four and three last week. I'm one game behind you though, Danny. And the listeners have been consistently having good weeks. They're just kind of getting out of the one and seven hole they got week two. Um, they are 19 and 20 off of a four and three week represented by Danny Behan. It was supposed to be by Cheyenne Dietz, but she didn't respond to the message in time. So I had Danny Behan Come on, make the Cheyenne. listeners picks. And the first game we got is Thursday night football. We got bucks at Eagles, Eagles plus seven at home. Danny Behan and the listeners are going bucks minus seven. And so am I, the Eagles aren't a good football team. The bucks are as Thursday night football. I'm expecting them to handle that game pretty easy. I'm going bucks minus seven, Justin. The reason why I'm the sharpest sharp here is because anything that I say, you are going to go against if you're smart. So that's why I'm the sharpest sharp. Because, you know, maybe sometimes there's a little bit of doubt with Danny and Bobby and the listeners. You know, maybe they go 500. You don't know. You know, when I pick a game, you know you go the other way. So I'm going Bucks minus seven. 
So you better pick Eagles plus seven. Danny? Like I said, I didn't see the board clearly last week. I, I Two weeks ago, I saw it so clear this week. It's miraculous. Uh, I would take the Eagles plus seven because I feel like they, they – it feels like one of those games that the Eagles are just going to keep close. Yeah, go. I just got that feeling. Pick the opposite of me. I can't believe I forgot to put this game on there last week. But it's, all, it's you know, whenever a game has its own time slot, we put it on here. The London game, which I love so much. I watch, I love watching bad football teams at 9 o'clock in the morning in London. And I'm not even saying that sarcastically. I really do like it. We got the Dolphins at the Jaguars. Jaguars are plus three and a half. So the Jaguar, the Dolphins are favored. Um, I'm going the Jags. I think this is going to be their first win. The Dolphins are really bad this year. Uh, like they are, they are struggling. The Jaguars, like it, like there is some pride with the Jacksonville Jaguars of playing in London. So Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence, they get their first win at home in London. Listeners are going Jags too. Danny, what do you have? I wonder if London has like any good bars for Evermore to go hang out after the game. Um, I'm sure London has some good bars. They probably do. I'm going to also take the Jaguars. I feel like this is the game that, they, like, if they don't win this game, their potential going like really 0 17 is really high because then they got the Seahawks, Bills. I mean, they could maybe beat the Colts, but the four- I think the Jaguars, they have to win this game. I would take the Jaguars. I think they're also going to win this game. London's team, baby. Finns minus three and a half. Two is back. Urban Meyer has this team in a mess. Dolphins, minus three and a half. Chiefs at Washington, the Sean Taylor jersey retirement, which is, they announced three days before the game, which is just kind of hilarious. Why did they do that? And Sean Taylor is a player that's like beloved by everybody, not just the Washington fan base. So like you would think like, you know, there's some Miami, like, like, you know, I have a lot of friends who are Miami fans. Like Sean Taylor is their favorite player ever. And, Washington announces it three days before. These idiots. Um, and for that reason, I'm going Chiefs minus six and a half. I mean, do you expect the Chiefs to beat the the Washington, uh, whatever their stupid-ass name is, by a touchdown or not? I do. So I'm going Chiefs. The listeners are going Chiefs, too. Justin, who do you got? Well, I'm also going Chiefs. Danny? Oh, yeah, they're going to crap all over Washington. Chargers at Ravens. Ravens minus two and a half at home. Justin, what do you got in this? Chargers plus two and a half. I'm a big believer. Danny? I'm also with Justin Chargers plus two and a half. Love me some Justin Herbert. Listeners are going with you. I just believe in the Ravens, you know, and I expect them to win by a field goal. Like, this can be a tight game, but I, I believe in the Ravens and what they're doing. Uh, I, I, th- I think they're really good, even though they keep on having these really tight games. and come up. From the team that couldn't win from behind to now, like, solely winning from behind. Um. I'm picking the Ravens. The only game that I haven't written down my picks yet so far is Cardinals at Browns minus three. Listeners went cards plus three. Danny, who do you have? We'll be taking the Cardinals plus. Who's the favorite here? The Browns are the favorite? Yeah. What? Uh, okay. Uh, I will be taking the Cardinals plus three because I think the Cardinals are just a better football team than the Browns. I'm also just intrigued to see what's going on with Odell and over there because, like, the Browns got better when Odell didn't play last year, which is kind of funny to me. But, like, so, like, is Odell done in Cleveland? That's my next question, but that's a question for the offense. We sent him there to die. We did. Honestly, we, we really did. Justin. Give me Browns minus three. I'm going to go that, too. You know, um, Cardinals are undefeated. I don't think they're going to go this whole season undefeated. The Browns are coming off of a last-minute loss to the Chargers where they put up 40-plus points. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go the Browns as well. 
Raiders at Broncos. Broncos are three and a half point favorites at home. I'm going Raiders. With all they've been through this week, they're going to want to win. They're going to they're going to pull together and they're going to win this game. You always win the first game with the interim head coach. So I'm going Raiders plus three and a half. Justin, what do you got? I'm a big believer in the first game without the coach. It's a big gumption game, but still going to go Broncos minus three and a half. Wait, so are you a big believer in it or not? I'm a big believer in it, but I wish that they were playing like the Jags instead of the Broncos. Well, so you're a little believer in it, not a big believer. The Raiders are a better football team than the Broncos. I'm a 45% believer in it, I guess. If If none of the John Gruden stuff happened, would you have picked the Raiders still? Yes. Then if you're a big believer, it's... I said I'm a 45% believer. Can you drop it? <laughs> We're all on Justin tonight. Justin... <laughs> Listen, Danny. I'm not good at this, all right? I can't he give p- a reason. He, he, he picked Leonard Williams as a giant factor. It's like, what? He's that guy? He doesn't I come scored, up I scored 10 <laughs> points in fantasy? I mean, come on. Just just went one and six last week. Just leave me alone. <laughs> Danny. Uh, yeah, the Broncos will come down the come back down the earth. The Raiders are going to win this game because they still got their whole season in front of them. And I, yeah, I mean, I think they're going to play. It sounds like they really like this new interim head coach, even though I don't know his name. I think it's Rich something. Broncos. I'm not, no, no, Raiders. I mean, I saw Raiders, him Raiders, cry Raiders. in his opening press conference. Raiders. That guy's going to win this week. Yeah, uh, Raiders. <laughs> I know I said the wrong game, but the Raiders. Um, <laughs> Sunday Night Football. Probably the worst Sunday Night Football game of the year. We got Seahawks with Geno Smith at Steelers. New oh, alarm, Ben. God. Steelers wow, are minus five. Off. But I'm going heavy Steelers minus five. I Geno Smith sucks. Like, let's not forget that. So, you know, Russell Wilson hit some of the Seahawks' flaws. And now so, he's gone. So now all their flaws are going to show up. So I'm going Steelers minus five even with noodle, and, uh, noodle arm Ben. And I, I just hate Geno Smith. I know it wasn't his fault, but I do. I like I... I hate Geno Smith. Guilty by association. Yes, Danny. Yes, the Steelers are going to win this one. This, yeah, this this game. T- <coughs> oh God, I almost died. Uh, the Steelers are going to win their better team. Al Michaels taking off because he doesn't want to call this game. It's a waste of time. Uh, Seahawks. Uh, Steelers win. Who's calling it, Tariko? Yeah, good old Mike Tariko. They should reunite him with Gruden. Justin, who do you have? <laughs> God damn. Seahawks plus five. Steelers are going to win, but Seahawks are going to lose by four and. Hey, I need to make up ground on you guys, so I got to be different. Or I'm just going to tank, which I'm okay with. This next one was really a tough decision for me. Monday Night Football, Bills at Titans, plus five and a half. Listeners are going Bills, minus five and a half. Danny, what do you got in this one? Bobby, it might have been a tough decision for you, but like I'm, I'm going to say, I say it every single week. There's I'm already no writing it down. One, there's no one that circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Justin. The Bills. What are you going to pick? Me? Yeah. Titans. I'll go with Danny. Minus five and a half. Damn it. All right. I'm, I'm alone. I'm alone on, on the Titans. I, I, I was told there can only be one sharp in in this world by Max the Animal. That's not possible. Max I'm the, the Animal? Is that, is that a Twitter name? <laughs> Max the Animal. It's Snacks's. Snacks yeah. of the, check out Bagels and Lots. Yes, yes. Okay. That, that, um. BDGE. I knew that sounded um familiar. Next. All right. <laughs> Predictions. Danny, what is your score prediction for Giants versus Rams? See, like, I was going to choose them to lose, but then as I was going to get my hair cut today, something happened. I was like, they're going to win this football game this week. I'm not going to give some long, drawn-out explanation. The Giants are going to win. They're going to win. I, I feel like this is going to be, like, one of those. It's going to be 18, the 13. The Giants are going to get a, a gritty win out. And they're going to 
for some reason bring me back in because I'm an idiot and I just fall in love with this team every time they win. Justin, what is your prediction? 31 to 23 Rams. Danny, I love your hair, by the way. I knew it was different. You're doing that little, you know, you're flipping it in the front and showing my big forehead. (laughs) Yeah. Hairline. We don't turn over. It's too early for the 2-0 game. And I'm kind of back on. You know, like I, I see this Rams secondary and I see Daniel Jones playing and, and it gets me excited. That gets me excited for this game. Giants 77, Rams 0. We don't lose. We do not lose at home on the 10-year anniversary of the Super Bowl 46 team. We don't We've never do lost. Never lost. Giants 77, Rams 0. We appreciate you guys. We will see you on Monday playing that sweet, sweet victory. And we're talking about shocking the world again. We're glad Daniel Jones played. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you on Monday. Enjoy your weekend. Until then, let's go Big Blue.